we are here at New Hope Radio. Glad to have you come along with us today. So important we study God's Word together every day, as often as we can. Let me ask you, where would we be without promises? Why do we like promises? We like promises because you know what they do? They give us a future. They give us something to anticipate. They're so cool. We really need them. And when you have promises, what really gives them value is the character of the person that made that promise. The character of the person gives value to the promise that's made. Today we're going to begin our brand new series. I like this series. I really do. It's called Promises Jesus Made. And we're going to take a look at a bunch of promises that Jesus made and how wonderful they are. And you know why they're so great? Because he's the one who made them. Jesus made these promises. And I'll tell you what, we can guarantee, we can bank on the fact that these promises are going to come true. So I hope you're joining us today on the radio, on YouTube. And yeah, we're still going to stay on Facebook for a little while and get people to transition over the best they can, as fast as they can. Okay? So let's take a look at some of these promises. Number one, today our topic is the promise of salvation. And that's an important topic. We know that Jesus made many promises, but the promise of salvation, that's one of the most vital because it's a promise with reference to, here it comes, eternity. See, when something has an eternal value, that means it's really important. There's nothing more important than that which has an eternal value. Temporal things, yeah, they're important, but only for a certain amount of time. After that, it doesn't matter, because it's over. But when it has to do with eternity, oh yeah, man, that's important because it lasts forever. Now, Jesus made it very clear to people that he desires them to be with him in the new world. He's going to create a brand new world, a whole world. And he desires that people would be with him in that new world. And this world is going to go on forever. How long? Forever and ever and ever. And you're invited. So we're going to look at four aspects of this promise. We're going to see, number one, the requirement for this promise to become a reality. Then we're going to see, number two, the individual responsibility that we have toward this promise. And thirdly, thirdly, we'll see the certainty of the promise. In other words, no doubt about it. And then fourthly, which is really important, his heart behind the promise. What's the man like that made this promise? We're going to see that today. So let's go back to number one. Requirement for this promise to become a reality. Now in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus provides the way so this promise can be realized by any and all people. Here's what he said. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, he's very blunt, isn't he? Oh, yeah, very direct. Jesus said he is essential 
for anyone to be saved and get to heaven. He said, I'm the way. I'm the way to follow. You want to find your way to heaven? Beautiful. Follow me. I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth. Truth has to do with knowledge. What's the true knowledge of life? It's in Jesus Christ. And I am life itself. I'm the life. I'm the life that is given. I'm what makes you truly alive. You ever notice the difference between people that walk with Christ and those that don't? Those that walk with Christ, they have that extra vitality. They have more hope. They have more enthusiasm. Those that don't, sometimes they have some real deep struggles because they don't have those special divine resources to keep them going. Think about it. As a door is needed to enter a house, so Jesus is needed to enter into our heavenly home. He's the door. He even said in John 10, 7, remember when he said, I'm the door of the sheep. So in other words, I'm the door the sheep have to walk through. Okay, we're the spiritual sheep. We're the ones that the spiritual, he's the one that we as spiritual sheep walk through. Therefore, when you find Jesus, you find salvation. And by the way, when you hear the word salvation, what are we talking about? Well, what salva- salvation means saved. Saved from what? If you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved from something. What are you saved from? You're saved from the wrath of God. You're saved from hell. You're saved from the fiery furnace, the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Why? Because when we're born, we're born with a sin nature that alienates us from God. We're dead to God. And we have wrath that comes upon us. When we're saved, when we walk through the door called Christ, that wrath is removed. And when Jesus hung on the cross, it was poured on him. So now we have the entrance into heaven. Okay? That's something that you need to really focus on. So Jesus provided a way, but here comes number two. Individual responsibility. In John chapter 11, he said in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Right? He's saying who he is. Now listen. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Here's the responsibility. He who believes. Believing is the human responsibility to the divine promise. Did you get that? Believing is the human responsibility to the divine promise promise. Here's the promise. You will live. Here's the responsibility. Believe. If you believe, you will live. Now, this is the crossroads of every human being. No one's left out of this deal. I know. We're all here. Now, there are some that jump at the opportunity when they hear it. I remember the first time I went to a Christian church And I heard the good news of Christ and what it means to be born again. Man, I almost jumped out of my seat. I could save that night. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry or wonder. I didn't have to figure it out. I said, no, man, I'm in. Count me in. But then there are others. They hear it and they reject it. And not only do they reject it, you know what? They're offended by it. Imagine that. Imagine being offended by a wedding invitation. That ever happened to you? Did you ever get a wedding invitation in the mail and you were offended by it? Who do they think they are inviting me to this wedding? You'd probably be offended if you weren't invited. 
But if you were invited, you'd think you were on. You'd be honored because you said, "Oh, wasn't that nice? They even thought of us to come and participate in this wonderful event." So it's an invitation that you don't get upset at. But yet, there are people they get invited to a life with Christ and they get upset. It's an invitation to a wedding. It's what it is. It's unbelievable. So some people hear the gospel and they say, oh, this is wonderful. What a wonderful message. Like maybe you've invited people to church and they came and they said, oh, man, that was good. Just what I needed. Then others you invited to church, they said, okay, I'll be there. And they didn't show up. And you got disappointed. And some didn't even respond at all when you invited them. Some said no. Why is that? See, that's the mystery, isn't it? The rejection of God's invitation to live forever with Him, that's a mystery to me. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with these people. God is offering something that's wonderful that they could never achieve on their own, and yet it's like, ah, nah, I'm okay. Jesus offers us a beautiful promise. Salvation, which is also forgiveness, which replaces guilt, and he offers us a home with him. Now, even if, you know, when you say no to salvation, you're saying yes to guilt. Because you're guilty. And you wear your guilt. So, when you believe in Christ and who he is and what he did, that guilt is removed, is removed, salvation is received, and the home in heaven is a guarantee. That's a promise. It's a promise Jesus makes. Thirdly is the certainty of the promise. You know that this is something that you can rely on. In John 10, verse 28, Jesus said, I give eternal life to them. Now there's the promise. I give them eternal life. Here comes the certainty. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. There's the certainty. <laughs> I like that. I can go through life knowing I have eternal life, I'm in the hand of God, and no one can snatch me out. I can't even snatch myself out. Devil can't snatch me out. I can't fall out. I'm in God's hand. And Jesus said, My Father, who has given them to me, He's greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. More certainty. So, we can't be snatched out of the hand of Christ, and we can't be snatched out of the hand of God the Father. We got like double protection. I like that. Double protection. Now the hand, when Jesus talks about the hand being in the Father's hand, the hand speaks of power. Right? In Luke 22, Jesus said, From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. The right side was like was higher than the left side. It was a seat of power. And when we get to heaven and we're married to Christ, we'll be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. We will be his bride. Cool or what? Now, when the apostle wrote the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, he said, We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty and the heavens. Again, commenting on the fact that Jesus sits at the right hand of God. That's the seat of power. 
And how is it possible that Jesus can be with God? He said, (laughs) I and the Father are one. So Jesus is not only with God, he is God. They are the same in essence. They have the same attributes. The only difference is Jesus was incarnated as a human being. God the Father remains a spirit. That's about it. Everything else is the same. And Christ is inviting us into that realm with them. I don't know how you say no. I'm like, what? That's a no-brainer to me. Now, the Apostle John, he confirms this in his little epistle, 1 John chapter 5. He said, the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So, okay, God says, here's eternal life. You want it? It's in my Son. You get Jesus, you've got eternal life. It's that simple. And then he said, he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God, uh uh-oh, does not have the life. What? If you've got Christ, you've got the life of God. If you don't have Christ, you don't have the life of God. You've got a temporal human existence that's going to end in tragedy. It's not, going to have, it's not going to be a good ending. Not at all. So Christ is everything. He's the center. He's the focal point. He's the door. He's what we walk through to get to God. If, if you don't walk through Christ, you don't get to God. So, so far, what do we have? Beautiful promise of salvation. By the way, it does go out to everybody. Everybody in the whole world has this promise afforded to them. But we saw, number one, the requirement for this to become a reality. Jesus Christ is the requirement. We saw the individual responsibility. To what? To believe. We saw the certainty of the promise. Oh yeah, it's certain. No one can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. No one can snatch us out of God the Father's hand. No one can do that. We're in a safe place. Lastly, the fourth aspect of the promise, I want us to see his heart behind the promise. I want us to see the heart of Jesus. Do you ever look into his heart? Do you ever see what's on the inside of Jesus Christ? We're going to take a look at his heart. But first, If you're not in the Hope Club, here is what you get if you join. Go to New Hope CC. Faithful radio listeners, it's so great to come your way here on WARV every day at 12:30. I'm inviting you to join me in this endeavor. Join the Hope Club for $3 a week. That'll pay our radio bill and keep us on the air. In return, I will send you an audio file devotional by email every Monday through Friday with a Tuesday challenge. I'll tell you what, six minutes a day in the morning can really set your compass for the rest of the day. Want to join? 
Go to newhopecc.tv, click media, then click giving, choose radio fund, fill out the info. Join the club. Keep New Hope Radio on the air. Let's meet God together every day in his word. Oh, it's a great club, you know that? I'm in it. I get my devotionals every day and I make them. I still like them. Start off every day with me and Jesus. <laughs> Just listening to the word of God for a few minutes. Get started off on the right foot. It's like tuning your guitar before you play it. Tune your heart before you get out there into the world. Okay, let's take a look at the heart of Jesus. The heart behind the promise. This is all about knowing the Lord, isn't it? Of course it is. We want to know him as much as we can. And you might be familiar with these passages in John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus had his last meal with the disciples. Last one. They sang a hymn. He knew where he was going, and he said to them, Do not let your heart be troubled. You know, the word troubled, it means agitated. You know, it's like water in a washing machine. That's agitated. Oh, yeah, you don't want to stick your head in there. He said, Don't let your heart be like that. What he's saying is, Turn your heart from your sorrows to me. Because they're going to have sorrow. Oh, Jesus is going to be taken. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be mistreated, beaten, whipped, crucified. So he's preparing them. Turn your heart from your sorrows to me. I am the one that is eternal. That's right. He's the eternal one. And then he said, Believe in God? And most people could say, Oh yeah, I believe in God. Disciples, Yeah, I believe in God. Jehovah. Yeah. Then he said, Believe also in me. Don't just believe in God the Father. Believe in me. See, you have to have me. As a matter of fact, if you want God the Father, you've got to have me. You can't have the Father without me. So he's saying, don't just be religious, and I'm most, aren't most people just religious? He said, no, have a personal relationship with me. That's what he's saying. I don't want you to just go through the motions. I want you to see how you walk with me for three years. I want you to walk with me in your heart, even when I'm not here anymore. And then he gave him hope. This is his heart. In my father's house, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And you know where I'm going? I'm going to work. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's not done. Jesus isn't done. He's saying, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And this is why. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I'm coming back and receive you to myself. And this is why that where I am, there you may be also. 
Wow. It's, it's, it's like Jesus is saying, I don't want to be in heaven without you. Heaven's a wonderful place. It's beautiful. The angels. The throne of God. Oh, it's awesome. But I don't want to be there without you. I want you there with me. Heaven will be so much better when you're there with me. Do you ever think of that? How heaven will be so much better when we get there and we're with Jesus. See, this is the comfort of life, the goal of this world, the goal that God had in mind for people, that we would be with his Son in heaven. This is what we're walking towards. This is what we're living for. I don't know. What are you living for? What's on your to-do list? What's important to you? What floats your boat, so to speak? What drives your car? <laughs> drives your car. Baby, you can drive my car. Remember that song? Beatles. You know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you living, serving, moving? There's nothing more motivating than knowing that I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord. Oh, yeah. Going to be in heaven with the Lord. What could be more motivating than that? I can't think of anything. So this promise that Jesus makes, the promise of salvation, it's real. Oh, yeah. It's real. And you know what? Somebody's disbelief doesn't make the promise of no effect. Not believing doesn't make the promise go away. You know? I can say, oh, I don't believe in Pluto, the planet Pluto, but that doesn't make Pluto go away. You know? I don't believe in the whooping cough, but that doesn't make the whooping cough go away. Not believing in something doesn't make it go away. And not believing in hell doesn't make it go away either. So here's a beautiful promise of salvation that Jesus gave us. Why would you make a promise like this go away when you can have it for yourself? It's a beautiful promise. And what do we say? You want the promise? It's a requirement. What's the requirement? It's through Jesus Christ. That's the requirement. No other one. Hey, a lot of spiritual leaders in the world, okay. You know how many people started their own religions? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds of people started their own religions, and they all end up in the same place. But Jesus comes on the scene. He says, no, man. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want to get to the Father? Come with me. Come through me. You'll live forever with me. So that's the requirement. It's got to be Jesus. It's not your church, not your religion, not your, not your good manners and your good behavior. It's the person that died on the cross and rose again. And secondly, like we said, I'm just reviewing individual responsibility. Believe. Believe is saying yes to Christ. If you don't believe, you're saying no. You say no. I don't believe in the promise. I don't need that promise. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't need, okay. No one can fault Jesus when they have a bad ending to their life 
and then they go on forever alienated from God. You know why? Because he invited the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, anybody, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. There it is. So there's your responsibility and mine to believe. And it's a guarantee. No one can snatch us out of Jesus' hand. Oh, no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. Who's bigger than God the Father? Like nobody. Nobody. Nobody can do. And by the way, when the Bible says we're hid in the hand of Christ, it doesn't mean he's holding on to us. It means we're inside the palm of his hand. We're inside. So even if he turns his hand upside down, we can't fall out. We're in his hand. Like your blood vessels are in your hand. Turn your hand upside down, your blood vessels don't fall out. They're hidden in your hand. Well, we're like that. We're hid in Christ. And why did Jesus do all this for us? Because of his heart. He wants us where he is. See, when you love someone, you want to be with them. He loves us. He really does. He loves us. And he wants to be with us, and he wants us to be with him. So the question, i got a twofold question for you today. Number one, do you believe it? And number two, do you want it? Do you believe it? And do you want it? That's the important thing. Those are two questions that, I'll tell you what, we have to answer. And if we don't answer, then we did answer. We answered with a negative. That's no good. So these are beautiful promises that Jesus made. We're going to come back next time. We're going to take a look at another promise. You know what this promise is? This promise is called the promise of rest. The promise of rest. Are you kidding? Rest. Not like laying on the couch, like a couch potato. Oh no, how about this? Rest for the soul. Want rest for your soul? Join me next time right here, New Hope Radio. It's something we all need. We all need rest for the soul. That's how we function. Listen, I want to thank you for coming along. Join the Hope Club. Get on board. Don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. Go to newhopecc.tv. Scroll down. There's the podcast. They're right there. This message will be a podcast very soon. Thank you for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.